0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire podcast network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, randy newberg and Corey jacobson after the hunt learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like hank shaw and jamie tagen whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it outdoor class will take your skills up a notch use code empire 20 at checkout to save 20 percent
0: off visit outdoorclass.com to learn more go wild is a free social community created for and by hunters This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. head to brooksrunning.com to learn more
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Up podcast. We were on episode 153 and on this week's episode, Dimitri and I, we were joined by Tom Runcavage. And Tom resides in northeastern Pennsylvania, and is an avid hunter, from scouting a ton in the off season to chasing whitetails in the mountains of Pennsylvania. Tom always has a has always had a passion for hunting out of state. And Jim and I have had the opportunity to share camp with Tom uh, for an early season whitetail hunt. And prior to that trip. I was able to see how much time Tom really puts into his planning and preparation. So for this specific episode, we wanted to kick things off with talking about just that, how to start planning for an out-of-state hunt. So before we dive into all that good stuff, though, Tom was able to hunt PA this year beginning at the end of October for like 21 straight days. And so Tom talks a little bit about this and how he missed only three days uh, out of those 21 to kind of do other things and whether it be regroup or kind of really crappy weather, but that really just shows you the grit and perseverance because Tom killed a PA mountain buck on the last day of the archery season. Great deer. So we began the podcast talking about his PA hunting, but halfway through we switched gears and got really into the planning your out-of-state hunt trip. So, you know, beginning with this episode though, we will be discussing some out-of-state hunting topics, strategies, and stories over the next two. So we have uh dimitri and ian lined up for next week and after that we're going to have another awesome guest from the tethered family where you know someone that i've really look up to and love watching uh do a ton of killing out there so look out for that one here in, in two weeks as well but to break this episode down for you with tom he shared like the two most important aspects to planning a trip out of state and those two being budget and time and Tom breaks down also his point system process, how he organize, organizes everything from for each state, the websites he uses to help him with draw odds, and some nearby states that can be a great chance for you to cut your teeth on for, on an out-of-state hunt. So yeah, really awesome stuff. So with that and 22, 2022 coming to a close, I just would like to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again for all the support over the last two plus years. We're coming up to three years and We love the opportunity to chat with such great individuals and hunters, and we love learning. So thank you again, everybody. Happy New Year. Antler up. And before we get into this week's episode, I want to share with you a discount code from Black Rifle Coffee. And Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. So fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or your first Club Coffee Club subscription. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with Social Media Platforms Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download gowild.com to get started. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters, Ford the Saddle Hunter. Head over to TetherNation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. Well, we're back, we're live, and uh, we're, we got Tom on. Tom, you're our good friend, someone that we've shared camp with, someone we shot total archery with, someone that uh, chased the mountains with and everything. So good to have you on, man.
2: Hey, guys, nice to talk to you again.
1: It's always a pleasure, man. I'd, this year, we texted back and forth a whole lot during our, our hunting season and finally got that awesome text message with uh, a buck packed out on your, on your backpack.
2: <laughs> yeah it was uh it was definitely i uh, came down to the wire it was the last day of the archery season and uh i was on like, a three-week uh, vacation uh from work and everything with my schedule and uh, definitely uh was a a meaningful pack out to get that buck and uh hike it off the mountain which was pretty cool
3: was that the last week of your vacation or just the first
2: that was the last week so i, I was that I um, I was pretty much I think I counted out of the three weeks I I, I think it was three and a half days I didn't go out.
3: That's a good three three weeks to have off.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was uh it it was it, it looked a lot better um, in the off season and leading up to it, and then once you get into that grind of just going every day, like waking up in the morning and driving, coming home at nighttime, doing it all again every day, it was definitely taxing to say the least. But that's only comes around once a, once a year, obviously. So you just got to suck it up and and go for it. Ain't over till it's over. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So it was the last day, man. What, like, what did that feel like hauling that sucker off, off the mountain? Like we, we, let's just get into this before we talk about the out of state stuff since like we're falling with it.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, um, it, it was one of those things it's where I hunt. it's, 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 a tough area. It's very rugged mountainous terrain. There's not a lot of really like, uh, I mean, there's diversity in habitat, but there's no farmlands or anything like that around. And the deer numbers just aren't super high. And again, this year, I had a lot of great deer on camera, uh, leading up into the season. And it's just one of those things. They kind of, uh, they, they travel a lot up in these mountains and, um, it's just being the right time at the the right moment when you're in the stand um so this was a deer not one of the 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 big ones i was after but um it was it was a deer that i was definitely happy to wrap my tag around because i consider any any buck that uh i get off the mountains up here a a trophy so um it was i it was about 10 a.m on the last day of the sea exit archery season here i um i climbed up to the top of the mountain um it was probably a good oh i don't like 300 feet incline that i gained and that's actually not the, even the the steepest that i i uh, climbed up this season i think i sent you the text that the one day i climbed up 600 feet um pretty much like i was on my hands and knees at the, at the one point uh, to get into this one spot but uh yeah like i said i um, got up to the top uh was kind of following a logging trail there was uh, a lot of fresh tracks um all on it so i that's kind of been my philosophy um the last couple years is that these deer majority of the time are going to use these logging roads to kind of travel um through the mountains and they're kind of only cutting um through the the woods and the thicker stuff just to get to the next uh next uh trail to to walk on so um this this buck uh was actually down below me um probably about the next logging road was about 50 yards down and he was walking walking uh on kind of just cruising by um and I gave a couple two soft grunts, and he worked worked his way right up to me and uh I shot uh, probably at, I don't even know what under under fifteen yards it was. I didn't even range him. I just pulled up and shot um hit him a little high. he kind of dropped there in place and and kind of trying to stumble down the back down where he came, and I put another shot on him, and he was dead at eighteen yards. so um, couldn't beat that, so i uh, i i was i I was about to start dragging him out, and I'm like, uh, like it's kind of a far. I think I, I, I clocked in a little over a mile. I was back. So I'm like, I could drag them, but like, it's, it's against it's 10 AM. I have all day. Like my, my dad's hunting kind of down below me. I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy the process and just uh, cut it up and, and pack it out. So I, um, I, I've been using a frame pack the last couple of years, which is what I use for my Western hunts as well. And, um, so I had that with me and I tell you, it was, it was grueling. Cause I, I had my, I have a hang on stand that I use for all my hunts and, I mean it's it's lightweight, but that still weighs eight pounds and I have the Timber Ninja sticks. I I use three of them with the cable That's another four pounds plus it was it was cold that day, so I had a little extra clothing and on top of that I pack I I cut brought the whole deer down in one trip. So it was I was well over a hundred pounds of, of gear total and deer um on my back. And it was actually kinda of funny. There's there's uh one guy that um I, I probably run about 15 cameras or so in this area. And, um, I haven't this knock on wood this season. I haven't had any stolen. And, uh, there's this one guy that I could tell was kind of a hardcore hunter and he would, uh, always kind of pass by my cameras and give like a, a wave to and everything like that. So I always, I like, kind of wondered who that was. Um, so a couple of days after I, I, I killed that deer, I see, uh, some two, two buddies send me a text message and I look, it's a Facebook post. And I guess, uh, th- this guy had me on trail camera hiking, uh, my deer out, and I looked like I was uh, just come out of like uh, the jungles of Vietnam or something <laughs> like that, and I, I looked terrible. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like,
1: I so saw that so photo. <laughs> I saw that so, photo.
2: It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was rough. So it was nice to finally connect with that guy and, and, and talk, uh, talk shop a little bit about the area and what we have seen on camera and stuff and how our season was going. So um, that was that was exciting. So yeah, all in all, like it was a it was a good season. I was actually gonna go today and yesterday to, to pull the rest of my cameras but that last snow that we we had and, and rain mix a lot of the uh the game lands roads and stuff like that that i have to travel on they're all like sheet of ice and you have uh, history. Told you
1: and, and you have history with that.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, my one buddy was like, Oh, you gotta like enjoy the the adventure and just go for it. I'm like, I sent a picture of my truck, like with, it's like two wheels like up in the air. Like when I literally almost dumped it two years ago, I'm like, ah, I think I'm good. Like <laughs> any little ice on that road, I start, my heart starts going. I check my watch. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't need this right now. So I just, uh, I figure I'll wait till it warms up a little bit and then, more time to see what deer survive rifle I guess so I'm not too worried about it
3: so 2 years ago you you shot the drop town time buck you you were mm-hmm. running that high going into the off season really excited about you know last year I remember when we we talked after the season last year mm-hmm. you know you, you didn't have the season that you wanted right um, yeah I remember you talking about, you know, but you learned a lot, right? You know, you gained inventory. You might have not been successful, but you learned a lot about this area. You know, what was your kind of take leading into this season? You know, were you doing anything different, whether it was where you're putting your cameras or how you're going your scouting? Was there a tactic like you were going to lead up into that vacation of what your strategy was?
2: So for, for me, I would say it did. I did kind of switch up the areas I was focusing on more, I was trying to get into more thicker cover, um, than I had the the year before. And I was, I think I mentioned all, like last time we talked, I was trying to get to that higher elevation because I feel like a lot of like the access is, is, is low and there is a lot of sign down low, but I think a lot of that was, was nighttime signs. So I wanted to get up higher, um, And focus kind of a little bit up there uh, in this in this spot that I was in So I do think I was kind of getting closer to the game uh, of of getting into some of my target bucks Still a lot to learn and I still kind of feel like I need to kind of I just think they, they cover so much ground in this area that I'm just kind of still scratching the surface and I need to kind of get farther Back off of where I am to kind of get closer to where they're likely betting. So I have a couple ideas going forth. I, I definitely, um, there are a lot of swamps, um, up in, in the area that I'm in, not directly where I'm hunting, but maybe, um, half a mile or, or, or more away from the spots I've been at. I have a feeling a lot of these, okay. these big deer might be bedding, uh, in these locations. So that's kind of, I'm already kind of mapping out areas. I want to check out on Onyx and, uh, and, and go from there in the off season. So yeah, I think it's just still still learning and still just trying to figure this out. And I mean, to be honest, like it's going to be a lot of years, I feel like of, of learning this, this area until maybe I, I have success again on a, on a nice buck.
1: I like the idea of having the three weeks off and you have th- all that time to to go after, and you said, you know, it's still taxing on the mind and body because it is, especially when it, you're hiking up and down the mountain. And maybe you don't see anything a day, and you know, try to be positive. And out of those, you know, three weeks, you you only miss three that three of those days. How? or what kind of things did you throw out the window or like was a big key takeaway? Because, you know, for someone like myself and and Dimitri that are sitting in in these chairs saying like, man, I would love to have three weeks off or the, the capability to do that. You know, some people might be able to do that. So what are, or what were things that you did to maybe keep you going, but also say, Hey, like I tried this, this is not working or Nick's this spot, like anything like that jump out to out to you at all from, from that like three week of, you know, the grind.
2: Um, I mean, it's just, I, I think for me to keep mentally in it, it was just kind of like texting back and forth with buddies, like just kind of saying, Oh, like, like how was your day? Like, what did you see or, or whatnot? Even if I didn't see anything, just to kind of like, kind of, uh, talk about it and, uh, decompress from the day. Uh, I think that was positive. And then i just kept in my mind like listen like yeah it's gonna be hard to sit there every day but the fact that when my three weeks is over like i don't have much time for rifle season late season it's it's always a crap shoot it, it's really hard to to get on deer up here uh in the late season so it's just like kind of that mind of a matter like this, this is what we live for 11 months out of the year like you just kind of have to stay on that note and be like all right like I have maybe two or three more days and then I'll get a day off or a break or or whatnot. And then just kind of go back, back into it. So I think it's just kind of the mental aspect is, is the hardest part to get over. Um, once you can kind of maintain your, your, your composure and be able to go in day in day out, I think that's going to lead to a lot more success and encounters. But also for me too, is like, I had other spots that I was checking out, that I that are new to me this year that I was hunting as well so like, let's just say I put three or four days in this area and wasn't really seeing what I wanted to then I would just kind of switch it up go to a different area and and hunt that for a day or two and see what happens so I mean it's all kind of in in the whole um, area that I'm hunting but just a little bit more spread out in other spots and uh, just having all those cameras there sometimes just that that pick me up of checking a camera and like Seeing a good buck, whether it was during shooting hours or just uh, at night passing through, just to give you a little bit of hope that, like, all right, like, they're still in the area. Like, you still got a chance. So I think, like I said, if you can get over the, the mental side of things, then you're, you're good to go. We have all the, the, the best gear and, and, and clothing and all that stuff to, to, to last through the day, but it's just the your head is the biggest killer
3: now at this three weeks were you bouncing around like were you maybe getting down if you weren't seeing uh, a lot of activity and kind of you know trying to find yourself getting into the game like you know how a lot of people talk if you're not in the game you got to keep moving and try to figure out where that is you know I feel like someone that had three weeks would feel more comfortable doing some sort of those things because you wouldn't feel so crunched on time, you know. Some people, yeah. with three to five days of, of the rotation, you know, you hate to waste any time, right? You know that that time is precious, so you're going to kind of pick your best spots. You may move a little bit if you're not seeing, but you might want to give it a couple days, which you know, then you're kind of ticking ticking that time down. But for you, three weeks, I feel like you'd, you you would able to bounce around, look for a fresh sign, you know, feel more comfortable finding those areas uh did you do anything like that
2: yeah a lot of my sits were i i were getting down in the afternoon and um and pulling shop and and scouting for fresh sign i mean there was multiple times where i, I did that and then ended up going back to that same spot because i didn't find any fresh sign that i liked and and re-hung my stand in the same tree so yeah definitely got down a lot and definitely moved um a lot whether that hurt me um it's to be determined. I don't think it did this year. I don't really, I didn't really bump any, any buck or, or anything like that when I was scouting, but uh, it was, it, it, that also helped break up the day, just getting down and doing that. And I like to bring my jet boil and like make a little lunch and stuff like that while, while I'm out too, just to kind of uh, mix things up a little bit from the monotony of just kind of being in the zone focus all the time.
1: I always got a uh, laugh at the, the meme of the, like the person, what show was it? it? Was like that vampire movie when that guy's like all regal, looking over the balcony. It's like <laughs> we hunt for the meat or something, and then it's like what's we actually pack in our, in our hunting bags was like ding dongs and all that stuff. Wow.
2: <laughs> I got two boxes of Twinkies still that yeah. I didn't
1: finish from the <laughs> Oh man, what was a key takeaway, man, of, of that rutcation? Like, what is something that like you just if one thing other than killing that buck, what was a key takeaway that you learned?
2: Oh man, that's, that's tough. I was, I was really banking on a lot of like dates again this year, kind of the historical data in the areas that I, I was know from last year with cameras and I try to be in those spots, but I just think they, the key takeaway is that I'm still learning. And it's yeah. just, it's just one of those things that you just, a, a lot of it has to do with luck. Like you, I'm in the area, Like, like I get that the deer on camera, like I know they're passing by. I had multiple shooters this year again, on camera in daylight. It's just like being in the right spot at the right time is like so crucial, but like it's just something that like how do you uh, how do you pick that, that spot at that day in the right time? Like it's just it just comes yep. out of luck sometimes, and unfortunately, I didn't get lucky on one of those buck I was after, but
1: it is what it is right yeah that how amazing is is this because people that i know we all like and have a high respect for is like someone like steve shirk right and i don't know if you saw his recent post about one i think it was from yesterday when he got all those trail cam photos and data from like end of september early october and like mm-hmm. how those bucks were there in that area check in and then did not return until like the rut you know and he's like this is the first time he had like these bucks come into that area that early kind of disappear for a while and leave. Like here's someone that has data after data after data for years. And he's like something new just, ha-, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like quote unquote yeah. new, like that to me just fascinates me because we think we have a, an idea which it works out sometimes, but then next year it's like, it's a 180. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. you know that's that's the thing that's always fascinating and why I think like the terrain features that we hunt makes it so much I don't want to say more difficult but makes it really challenging for us because it is it's it's a it's a year to year basis of challenges.
2: Yeah. And actually my my best day was um this year was October 26th um which is not something that I I usually a big, like I never really have much luck in this area in October. I feel like they're, they kind of stay nocturnal up until that November 3rd, 4th date time. And then kind of again, picks up again, like the 10th, 11th, 12th. Yeah. This year I saw seven deer in, in the stand, um, on October 26th, which was, was crazy. I, I had actually one nice eight pointer that would have been bigger than the one that I, I, I the deer I shot this year, but, um, he, he came, he was kind of looked like he was kind of in the seeking, um, phase just kind of on a mission just kind of not running but just kind of a, a light jog like running around uh, the area i was in and uh he had him at 50 yards but um, couldn't get a shot at him but uh yeah it just was uh was crazy to see that and it opened my eyes to where all these deer were coming from was the same location um so in the off season, i plan on scouting that area hard it seems like it's a, a good bedding area it's kind of got a lot of overgrown beach and everything so uh, i'm excited to check that out and uh hopefully that all that that should provide me now with some new intel for for next year so nice
3: yeah and i'm really starting to like that that last week in october you know the more that i'm getting aggressive and and learning and uh being educated i feel like that's a really sneaky time i i don't even i mean obviously weather is going to improve your chances but i think you know that's a week that if you are in the right areas and in those bedding areas um you can be very successful even before november starts you know I, yeah. I was checking some of my cameras as well and uh i was in a one of the near where i shot my buck the last two years uh on the 29th and uh i i had an encounter with a nice buck chasing a doe i could hear him through the laurel Uh, and that's when I saw the most deer. I saw 11 deer that sit within two at first two hours of light, which is very unusual for this area. Um, and then I was checking my camera and, and I was going through and there was a nice buck coming right, right down the trail, uh, right towards the camera and, you know, really nice eight pointer bigger than the buck that I actually shot. And, you know, I was looking at the date and I, you know, typically I look at the date quickly and I don't really think about too much just kind of get a general time frame of of what the, the the time and the date for some intel but uh you know something caught my eye and i thought about it, I'm like the 29th i'm like I was hunting that area on the 29th, but you know what, what ended up happening is, you know, that was the day before I was going to Ohio. I didn't want to be out all day. You know, I wanted to do some family time before we headed out for a week. Uh, so I only hunted the first couple hours and it was an hour after I, uh, got down <laughs> that my buck came through probably within 10 or 15 yards of where I was sitting. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's how it goes, man. That's that 29th. That's the day that was my awesome day in the stand as well was the 29th and i if i could remember that morning was the coldest morning in a like in october or for like within over a week It that was a really cold morning
2: yeah so i mean i still wouldn't give up on on all this kind of the historical intel on on dates and everything i definitely think it's just something to keep on uh keeping track of and 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 using those times moving forward season after season but it just again it throws you for a curveball at the end of the year, and it's like, oh, I hunted all these dates that I thought were going to be good, but didn't see anything. But you just never know. Like I said, it could just be they could they could be running around, just not exactly, exactly. where your camera is or where you're where you're sitting. So I still want to give up on on that intel that you gather.
1: How did the weather you think impact any of your sits with the? Because it was a little bit warmer again, and I you know you recall back in what the 2019 or no the 2020. Was it the 2020 rut when it was really warm?
2: Um, I, th- I think it might have been, yeah, 20 or 19. I forget exactly. Yeah. Did it, have, 20, yeah, 20. Yeah,
1: did it have any impact on, on your sits at all?
2: Not really. I mean, I did try to hunt closer to water that early season, but, I mean, I didn't really have much. It didn't really yeah. pan out any, any, any more for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Dimitri, about his PA bucks stories or anything like that?
3: I don't think so. Just you know, now that you were successful this year, is there anything you know different, or that you already know that you're going to plan on changing, or um, whether it's you know you talked about going a little bit deeper in your scouting? But any with changes you're going to make.
2: Um, so I think going into the season next year, I um. So I, I, I mean, first of all, the scouting I'm going to keep on scouting the areas that I, I, I know already. Um, I want to spend maybe a little more time on those new spots that are kind of in the, the periphery of, of this area that I'm, I'm hunting these spots. Um, but I think a big thing going into next year is, or I want to pick out now trees that I want to hunt for next fall. And I want to, I have about five or six hang ons. I'm going to, I have, they haven't seen the light of a day or a tree in a couple of years since I've been into the mobile game more, but uh, I want to pull them out. And these spots that are a real far back or like, so that, that, that 600 feet elevation climb, like I want to get stands in the off season up there. So it's just a little bit easier. And it's that mental thing. Like if you're every morning going out hunting, like what, well, like that 600 foot elevation climb, it's like, it's going to wear on anybody to do that more than one time. Get so. there
1: And then, Oh man, I got to find a tree and then set up. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. So I wanna at least have five or six pre hung stands in these far hard to reach spots already. Um, and I, I also think I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna use all my trail cameras, but maybe rely on them a little bit less than than what I have in the past.
1: That's the whole uh, kind of the, the the theme so far, Dimitri, right? Like for, for us a little bit and Tom's gonna do it. And man, I, I I'll tell you what, of all my friends yeah, out of all my friends, other you and Aaron do are probably give give the most sexiest uh, buck, you know, scrape activity photos and videos that that I get sent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they are nice to have, that's for sure. Yeah. But that they're they're sitting on my phone and uh, the DR aren't on my wall. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, that needs to change. I
1: know exactly. Well, I'm sure when we uh, listen back to this, Tom, we'll re we could kind of revisit and obviously, obviously too, I want to talk about when we get to that spring and scouting, just some things maybe you're seeing, you know what I mean? Like when that time frame comes and like, what are maybe some new things that that you're going to give out or you're seeing out there in the woods. So that for sure, I I want to get into. So this will be a great pivot point. So one of the main things, Tom, that uh, I want to have have you on tonight and talk about is, is some out of state hunts. A topic that a lot of people do, obviously, a lot of people would like to do, whether they go out west, whether they stay, if we're like individuals like us in Pennsylvania, there's opportunities nearby that you're able to do. And looking behind you, you have a beautiful mule deer, you got some whitetail, so you've done it. We've hunted together out of state. You know, talk, I guess, a little bit about maybe some states that you've hunted and what species you've hunted, like for anybody that hat that's maybe new to the podcast i know we've touched upon your mule deer and elk so like talk mm-hmm. talk about about that stuff before we yeah. we dive into it yeah, the yeah.
2: so um i mean when i started going out of state it was um I, I think i've I've talked about this before i got into archery in either 2013 or, or 14 i forget exactly but um i, I kind of went full steam ahead and i start. i did the first couple years i did do kind of some guided whitetail hunts So I, um, I've been to Kentucky, uh, I've been to New York, uh, for that. Um, and they were, they were great experiences. And I learned early on that it's still hunting no matter where you go. And it's, it definitely the upfront cost of doing the guided thing is, is going to be more than if you do it yourself. Um, so that's where I kind of went into the whole DIY public land kind of stuff next, um, So that's, we've, I've gone to Colorado twice. I went for mule deer. I've gone for for elk uh, as well. Um, And then we have, uh, me and you have hunted together in in Delaware. Um, And uh, I don't know if that might be, me and Tim were supposed to go to Nebraska. Uh, this past year but in uh, september but that didn't didn't pan out
1: yeah hell on um, earth basically that week.
2: yeah it was a rough couple couple weeks for for us leading up to it and uh, i got into an accident didn't have a vehicle for three months so that kind of put a damper on any travel trips so um yeah so that's at the top of my head those seem to be the majority of the states. so a little bit of west a little bit of east yep um definitely uh kind of from guided to diy had some experiences with uh with all of that so i would say the biggest thing um when it comes time to looking at doing out-of-state hunt it it's it's budget and time because those are the first two things you have to think about and be be uh cognizant of because first of all if you don't have the time or or whatnot like it's it's just not going to pan out so i know for you jeremy like with school and stuff you like when you guys went to utah like because of school it was easier for you to go into like the end of august or or whatnot before school started so i think being honest with yourself and if your partner or whatnot if you're single then you don't have to worry about as much but kind of planting the seed now of kind of listen like i want to do these hunt this hunt or these hunts come come the fall um like what's my schedule looking like what kind of days can i get off like if you're a guy that you can go September is a good month for you to go, then that gives you a lot of opportunity. You can do velvet whitetail hunts. You can do go out west and go for, uh, for elk and stuff. So if you can't do September or let's just say November is your only time, then I think that's where you look more into maybe like rut trips for whitetail. So kind of getting your time frame picked out is going to be important to, to start with. Um, and then I, the next thing is, is budget because none of this stuff is, is cheap to do. Um, I mean you can go uh, the the cheapest option let's just say a guy coming from pa buy a new york tag for for 100 bucks or 130 whatever it is and That gives you a archery tag and I think you get a rifle tag as well so it gives you two options there and For 100 bucks and you can drive up there and 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 whether you get a cheap motel or whatnot You you can do it for pretty cheap. Um out west. Let's just kind of we'll start there. We're going out west. So things are are not getting any cheaper out there. I, I think Colorado, let's just say, for example, they're over 700 bucks just for the elk tag. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, 700 to 1,000 seems to be the going rate for an elk tag um, to go out West. So it's not getting any cheaper. Um, people have to realize like, Hey, I'm spending all this money to, to do these, these kind of hunts. Like you want to have a, a positive experience, but then like, what do you do? Like, I mean, I, I'm part of a lot of different Facebook forums. I just kind of like, am in there just to monitor things, but it's like every year, like hundreds of people are like, Oh, like when am I first out of state hunt? Like anyone, like don't, don't need to share your honey hole. Like, can you help me out? And like, it's just always full of negativity, like going on there and doing that. It's not going to lead you to, to any, kind of positive results um, for a hunt. So when it comes to, let's just say you, you budget for this and let's say you save about 20 to $30 um, a paycheck every two weeks for a year, you're looking at maybe like 600 bucks right there you have set aside for it. So I think for me personally, I use GoHunt a lot, which the last couple of years, it's kind of been like the only kind of uh, Western strategy uh, platform that I use. Um, so that gives you a great amount of resources when it comes to kind of all the regulations for all these different states especially out west and it also gives you kind of the information on uh, like uh, how to apply for these states and then it gives you good breakdowns regarding uh, like your draw odds and stuff for for different seasons so having some kind of resource like that is is huge and very helpful i mean you can go on each state's website and kind of pick through the data to try to figure out that stuff too as well. But for me personally, I've found uh, go hunt to be kind of a one-stop shop and uh, it's, a gear store and, and no, all that. So
1: to go with go hunt, you're getting multiple States. You know what I mean? Like if it's something that you plan on, like you said, like, man, I might do a little bit of a Colorado one day. I would love to pull an Arizona tag. So like, cause even yourself, you have points everywhere. <laughs>
2: Right? Yeah, yeah. So like that, that's, so,
1: that's going to help you tremendously.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I, I've been, I think I'm probably year five or six into my point game. And this is uh, the viewers can't see is this, this is my spreadsheet that I kind of have. So I have each state that I apply for, which right now it's Utah, Colorado, Kansas, Iowa, Arizona, Wyoming, Montana. Um, and then uh, I keep it, everything on this page. So like even, I've funded new york we funded delaware so all these different states that you're going to all require different logins you know it's so frustrating when you create all these new accounts and don't know your password or username so like when you get it write that shit down so you have it because like nothing's worse than trying to go in and and locate it and not being able to do that so that's what I, i when i make this spreadsheet i have all this information like how to get on each website um and then i'll go in and that's where you kind of you have these long-term goals of like what you want to do so for me colorado is elk and mule deer are like the top of my list um utah like how how you guys are out there for mule deer i think i'm up to three points now for for utah for mule deer um and then wyoming wyoming's a nice state to do because you can apply for preference points for elk mule deer antelope um, so I would say those are probably like the three big ones of, of Western states for guys to kind of start getting into and applying for. Um, but again, they're not cheap. Like Colorado is going to cost you about a hundred bucks just for the application because you have to buy um, that like kind of general mm-hmm. tag first before you could apply for it. So that that's about a hundred bucks. Wyoming, if you applied for all three of those, I think that's about one forty or one fifty. Um, Utah is about like 90, 90 ish dollars or so for applying. But again, as you can see, that all adds up pretty quickly, hundred dollars here, hundred dollars here. So, I mean, for the, all these States, like you're looking at maybe $400 worth of preference points, $500 worth, like it, it definitely is, is something that needs to be budgeted. And you have to know going into this, like you want to do these hunts down the road. So, um, I think kind of being, honest with yourself and what you can afford and what you can can do is, is going to be important when you start coming up with your application strategy. Um, there are, if you don't want to do this spreadsheet and do all this yourself, um, I just kind of a uh, Clint Campbell from the truth from the stand uh, podcast. He uses the draw, um, which is kind of like a Western application. Um, uh, people that will help you out. They'll apply for all these points and everything for you. But again, you're having additional fees that they're charging for you to to do that so if you're on a budget then that might not be the best idea to go for but um that's that's an option too as well for you so just kind of uh and then those are the western sides of things but then like i said i have kansas and iowa as well so build some whitetail points where right now kansas it it only is about one point or no points to, to draw a tag iowa you're looking at three to five so having these whitetail hunts mixed in gives you kind of nice diversity regarding what species to go for and what your year is looking like. Cause let's be honest. Like, I feel like every year we get older, like there's just more shit to do and like less time to do these hunts and all that. So yeah, that's kind of my, my <laughs> thoughts.
1: With, with all that you couldn't uh, man, you hit a lot of points and the one thing You said right off the bat was like that budget and time and to be realistic with it. And that was the one aspect, like you said, too, for myself, when we went out to Utah, we went right before we started even in service. Like we went for that opener. So I was very lucky about that. And it was also too. like, I don't even know if I would be able I'd have to look at the dates. But that year was the covid year. Like we just got like spring and that was the first year of starting school with code quote unquote COVID where we they were still kind of like, hey, we're gonna do in service kind of like remotely. You know what I mean? So like I did not necessarily even need to be there. So I got lucky as well with that. Um but the budget and time thing is is huge. What is your kind of like strategy for applications? Like I know like you said you're you're looking ahead, you have all these different states, but what is your strategy when it comes to possibly like thinking like next year I would like to pull this because I know that happened to you and you and Tim yeah. the other so
2: passion. we haven't the the one thing about go hunt too is like I would be cautious with the their their draw odds because two out of three times I've been kind of uh, I, I've been. I, they haven't been too kind to me (laughs) and what they're telling me the odds should be and what I actually draw. So, um, keep that in mind because things are always changing. Like these Western states, like the popularity of going out West is, is they obviously can see that, um, in regards to applications and everything like that. And, um, to, to rightfully so the residents like want to draw more tags too, and are seeing influx of non-residents and stuff. So there's a lot of you go on like randy newberg talks about this a lot and has a lot of good a wealth of information out there on his his youtube channel about how like legislation is always changing out west and there's kind of different different new uh rules and all that that are coming about and um just even like colorado for instance that changed their season dates a little bit that allowed like that mule deer season was a little bit later the last couple like for their Uh five-year stretch so that kind of people that were wanting that fourth season tag that was kind of primetime rut like it was going into like the third season now so like there's so many different factors that were changing kind of why people were applying for different things that it definitely is challenging so i mean last year me and tim we tried to draw an early season um high country mule deer tag we didn't draw that the year before we applied for wyoming for an antelope tags and uh, we didn't draw that either so um and but and like
1: those like you said those were some su- su- quote-unquote supposed to be a yeah, very high either percentage.
2: both of them were supposed to be 90 percent and above for us to draw so wow. so yeah it's 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 definitely so the popularity definitely in in these different changes of season and then like the drought issues out there there's just so many moving parts that are affecting kind of like what other people are doing uh for their applications i rem- go
1: ahead go
3: ahead dimitri Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we talked about budget and points and, you know, trying to draw on the, you know, that's even before the tag. And then we talked about the price of, you know, what these tags are going for. And we haven't even dove into, you know, going into these areas blind or very minimal and then your success rate, you know, is very low for most of these states. I mean, you know, it's just really tough to come around to, you know, I mean, to do some of these hunts, you know, and I, it's a very challenging for most people.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's kind of where, like I said, having, having that insight and having that savings, like, do you, do you really need to buy like, so that new bow this year, or do you really want to spend that money to go to a hunt? Like that's where you kind of have to look in yourself and decide what is more valuable to you to do and that's why even like in december now it's it's important to think about it for next year to already kind of have some kind of plan moving forward but i mean there's there's different avenues you can go so let's just say for instance you want to do the cheapest budget possible um uh obviously that would be like a do-it-yourself public land kind of kind of set up um so to, to do that, the first thing you got to look at is, is driving versus flying is, is going to be how do I get out there? Um, I would say for anything smaller than elk flying is definitely doable. Um, when I went out for mule deer I flew out there and I got a rental car and, um, I, I mean, things vary obviously with pricing and stuff, but maybe my flight into Denver was like $200 range and then a rental vehicle for the week. Um, let's just say like maybe 400 bucks. So you're like that's $600 right there just to kind of get out there. Um, for mule deer, let's just say your tag cost is about $400. So we're up to like 800. If you're in, if it was an help, you're looking at $700 for that tag. So closer to a thousand, a little over, um, to get out there. Um, so you, you get out there flying wise and, um, let's just say you get a mule deer or, or whatnot. Um, you got to check with your airline, but for me, what I was able to do is I didn't really care too much about like the uh scoring of my mule deer. And I was going to get like a, like a, a shoulder mount. So I was able to, I, I, I packed it out and uh, I found a taxidermist that was local and he kind of fleshed out the face and everything and, and, and a skull capped it and then cut the skull cap in half. So I was able to stack it on each other. And then I just got a, went to the ups store and put in a box and was able to ship it home i think it cost me like 69 dollars to mail that home and then um as long as you freeze everything airlines usually don't have a problem so for me i had um i was staying with some friends that um were local in the area so all all the meat i was able to i brought a dehydrate or a, a vacuum sealer i was able to vacuum seal all my meat and then uh the taxidermist let me use his freezer to uh freeze the hide. So all that I brought right on the plane with me and, and took it home and there wasn't any issue or anything. So it was really just the 70 bucks that it cost me to, to ship the, the antlers home was the only kind of additional fees that I had to, to deal with. So
1: I like 69
2: um, better. Yeah. Or 69. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely doable with the flying, but then if you want to have more gear and have the ability to kind of travel more then driving obviously is a is a good option too and overall will be cheaper because you don't have to like land and get a rental car so um i personally don't have too much experience with west going out west with the driving um so i can't really speak too much on that but i know dimitri you have a cap on your truck and everything like that so a lot of guys are doing a lot of cool mods where they or able to kind of get sleeping systems in in, in the back there, or they get rooftop uh, tents and stuff. And I think that's a, a great option for guys that want to be on a budget and still go out there and have all your gear. And let's just say you get an elk, it's a lot easier to figure logistics out to bring that home when you have a vehicle there to drive it. It's just now you look at time. So if you only can allocate seven days or five days to a hunt, then that's where it kind of gets a little tricky on, because now you're losing Day two days to each way to to travel so something to to definitely weigh in as well when you're kind of starting the process of how you're going to get out for these hunts.
1: dimitri I still think, man, even though a kill did not happen on our Utah hunt, we still I would say I keep telling uh, anybody that asks, I th- I think we come away with that trip more positive experience things than than negative because even like our drive to there and back there we we had no issues we all took turns the three of us rotated through we had good sleeping arrangements like i mean it wasn't like we originally thought we weren't going to be you know camping at the truck we thought we were going to be you know high up in the mountains so that kind of switched for us but in the grand scheme of things that trip i think you you took away more positive than negatives like yeah you know people were quad hunting doing that type of stuff, like take that out of it. But like the actual getting out there, the time, the budget, like we were pretty, pretty on it. I thought.
2: Yeah. And I think like having, having multiple people like that, friends, good friends, good hunting buddies to go with, uh, uh, especially for Western trips is, is, is a huge plus um, for my elk hunt. I, I went by myself and, I definitely kind of tested myself as a like kind of my, a person and uh, kind of my mental capacity there as well. Um, would I do a solo elk hunt again? Probably not. But um, if I want, really wanted to go really bad and I couldn't get anybody to go, I would still probably do it. But having that buddy with you and, and having like a companion uh, for a trip like that is definitely a plus. So if you can find a good hunting buddy, somebody that you know like is not going to kind of – what's out on you or or whatnot, um, uh, before you go out, there's definitely something to, to improve your overall experience. And it's also going to cut down on costs, uh, on fuel and, and whatnot too, as well. So, and help driving so you can get there quicker. So definitely something, um, that we keep in mind.
3: Yeah. And I, I think a lot of, another challenge, a lot of people face is, you know, you talked about, you have several different points and a lot of different States and different species as well. So, you know, you have a wide range, um, you know, but you, I think even a lot of a lot of people that do out state trips might do the same trip every year, right? Yeah. You know, they they whether it's a whitetail or a mule deer or elk hunt, you know, they do, you know, whether it's a low budget or you know an expensive trip that they can afford every year. Um, you know, you got to decide, is that something you want to do too? Where, you know, if you do the same trip, you're going to kind of learn the land more, you're going to have more boots on the ground, more inventory, you know, so each year, I would say your success rate, if you're doing it right, is going to go up and up and up uh, each year. And, you know, you're doing the same thing, but maybe that's more beneficial to you or more enjoyable too. So I think a lot of people got to, you know, consider that as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I said, a lot of these over the, you can, there's still over the counter opportunities at West. Like if you want to do that every year and, and learn, like that's, that'll be huge rather than just like, Oh, I go to this one area and then I don't come back till five more years later and, and whatnot. And things have changed. Like that, that's a, a huge benefit of knowing the area and even having um, local Intel. Like I have friends that live out there that I went to high school with. They don't hunt or anything, but they introduced me to a guy that does and like, I'm trying to look for, for, uh, me to go with him for, uh, an elk hunt in September. So like, I hope that works out, but just having a contact out there is definitely kind of moved me up compared to all the other guys that are wanting to go out West and don't have that. Um, and I'm kind of at a weird spot now that I do have preference points, um, a good amount in some States for certain species, but, um, it's like you don't want to you don't want to be a point collector There they don't do any benefit of just kind of sitting there and, and never being used and like i said earlier like every year of our lives just seems to get more and more busy and it's harder sometimes to do these bigger trips so um you definitely want to kind of it's never too late to start building points but you don't want to be that guy that's I've seen on Facebook forums too. Where it's like, oh, I have twenty-five years worth of points. Like, where do you guys think I should go and ask random Facebook world of like where you should go for twenty-five <laughs> years worth of points that you've been saving for? Like, it just you don't want to be at that level either. So, it's never too early to start. But you like said you don't want to just kind of collect them and not ever use them. So,
1: what about East Coast side of things? Like, since we are on that East Coast, you know, like we're like a low budget or things that you know you think people could utilize maybe a little bit more or what's yeah. your opinion about that type of stuff?
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, let's just say, for instance, like you, you, you can't do you you want to start building points, which is a great idea, but let's just say the year doesn't fall well for you to go out West. Like there's plenty of what, of East coast opportunities here. Like we went to Delaware in September. Like I, I couldn't go elk hunting that year. So we did, I, I wanted to do that trip and you were able to do it as well. And like, I mean, Delaware for us was what, like a three, three and a half hour drive-ish I mean, for me at least. Yep. And then uh, I found that campground and that actually, I mean, I thought it was a nice cabin. We had Dude, it was awesome. air conditioning, we had a refrigerator, Fridge. and I think it was like like $80 a night or even probably even less than that. Like, And the tag was, I think the tag was more expensive than the overall the cabin Camp. for yep. the four or five days we stayed. So I think we were probably in maybe like with the cabin and a tag like maybe like five hundred bucks or so Mm -hmm. for a couple days of of whitetail hunting like that could be done easily. Like I said you have I mean if you're a PA guy, you have Delaware for early season. That's the earliest that you're gonna get. Maryland though also opens like I think usually like that September eleventh, twelfth kind of time frame. Um still have I've my one buddy has a family that lives down there and they shoot slammers every year and a lot of times they're in velvet still that opening week of their season so you have delaware you have ohio which Dimitri, you we went out this year and you had success out there you have ohio next to you and then um i think west virginia has become kind of like a not so much a sleeper state and guys are going down there um my the one uh the one my one buddy who uh owns a bow shop local he went down there um archery hunt uh this november and he didn't kill anything but he drew back he said on a couple nice bucks so that's awesome definitely opportunities there so yeah kentucky
1: and and kentucky's not that far you know what i mean like you know uh,
2: central kentucky is 11 hour drive which is definitely doable yeah you can be in the with daniel boone national Forest instead yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean and there's What's really neat is you could kind of do what, like what we were saying, like how cool would it be in the spring, early summer? Hey, uh, let's go take a family trip, but also like, Hey, let me, give me like a day to go out and knock on some doors type of ordeal or give me an afternoon.
2: Yeah. And that's another thing with like, let's just say for the Western side of things like buying the gear, like you need a tent, you need a good sleeping bag. You need a cook system. You need a water filtration system all this stuff could still be used when you're not going out West and you don't necessarily like a lot of stuff. You can go in REI and all that. And they have like this time of year, like that black Friday and all the way up until Christmas, like there's always sales going on Buy your gear now. And then even when you do go in that elk hunt, like maybe it's only costing you 1500 bucks to do it because half that cost is the tag and the other half is just getting out there, but you already have all the gear to camp out for as long as you want to be out there for. So right getting that gear and, and having it is never a bad investment because um, you could use it for there or you can use it for for the east coast kind of side of things
3: now tom i want you to talk a little bit about uh you know you talked about the guided whitetail hunts you know mm-hmm. you did that early on you know i feel like sometimes that gets a bad rap obviously in the hunting industry the, the public land push you know um you know, the private land sometimes gets a bad rap too. You know, talk about your experience doing that, um, you know, where someone, they may have the money and are still weighing the opage of maybe they want to do the guided hunt versus a public hunt. So talk about your experience uh, with those hunts and what they're like and, you know, uh, your experience versus the the public DIY hunts. Okay,
2: yeah, so I mean... The first time I did a guided hunt was when I went to Kentucky and I won't say the name of the outfitter, but it was kind of a big name outfitter that was kind of, I found out later that it was just kind of like almost like a hunter mill. Like he was trying to push a lot of guys through. Okay. Um, I've read reviews that were God awful and like, I I can't even, like I could, I can believe it, but I can't at the same time that things happen there. Me personally, I had a pretty good overall experience. Um, it wasn't the quality of the hunt that was said it was, but I did see in, I think it was like a a five day hunt. Um, it was around like 2,500 bucks. Um, I did see a shooter like a surprisingly enough. It was like a one forties, uh, with the drop time, uh, that uh, came in <laughs> at uh, probably about 100 yards. Top time, it was, I, I'm not making it up. Man. I know. I don't know how, don't know
1: how the happens. hell I missed missed that. We gotta we'll revisit that told at the that end story. Yeah.
2: yeah. So yeah, it ended up coming out like I mean every stand set up had like a corn pile, which was legal um, in Kentucky for, and it's just I, I kind of walked away with it from that experience. Like it really wasn't my cup of tea. Um, so I kind of was a little hesitant about doing a, another one. But then I I found a New York uh, guided hunt that was it, it, it was more of like a, a semi-guided. The guy just had stands and like you could pick out uh, like where you wanted to go and stuff. And this one at the time was about like fifteen hundred bucks, which was definitely on the, on the cheaper end of of whitetail hunts for sure. Um, and I actually went there twice. Um, the first time uh, I saw a ton of deer. It was just nice seeing deer. It was like farm country. It was kind of around like the Finger Lakes area and. Like, I mean, I probably walked away from that first time going, like seeing 50 deer easily. Um, so it just was a, a cool opportunity to be there. So um, the second year, uh, I did go back again with a, me and my, a buddy as well, went both times. And um, he actually, the second year, brought um, his uncle. And uh, all three of us actually tagged out that year. Um, the kind of was one of those things where, so the Kentucky had definitely had like a a minimum, which a lot of these whitetail guided hunts, you're going to have that minimum. Usually it's like Pope and Young um, and up. Um, Some of the farms that they had at this place in Kentucky were like 140 and up. I mean, at the point time, at that time, I'm like, I don't even know what 140 looks like. Yeah, I was, like. I'm I was to just go about Google to say, say i Di- like,
1: I was about to say, uh, Dimitri and I, and I would not be yeah. be there very long.
2: <laughs> yeah, a PA boy going out there saying you can only hunt a 140 and a bigger. Like it'll be like a, a basket eight. If <laughs> <got him. laughs> They're like, sir, that's uh, you got to give us your social security account because yeah. that's all the money we're draining for that that deer. So, nope. uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that was that. Um, New York, we all kind of shot just borderline kind of what was legal, but the guy, um, like he was a nice guy. And it was a family run operation. He didn't give us a hard time or anything, but the second time was definitely, uh, better in New York for us. And, uh, it's still kind of like, I'm proud of the deer I got. Like he was a great buck and I hunted hard for those, those four or five days. And it was the last day when I killed mine, uh, my deer. And, uh, but it just kind of left me with something like not completely, Satisfied just because I knew like it was somebody else's land and uh, like they kind of had it set up for me And that's kind of where I got away from the guided thing for a couple years now Um, I'm not saying I would never do it again But I would definitely want to pick the right kind of outfitter to go with this time uh, moving forward when I when I do Do another one so I would say the biggest thing if people are interested Just kind of do your research and kind of know what you want before you kind of go that guided route um, if you are local in PA, you have the, the PA great American outdoor show coming up. Like that's a great place to see. I mean, there's outfitters all across the country in the world. There's people from like Absolutely. other countries. there doing, doing hunts and stuff. So I wouldn't go just kind of like on a limb and just, Oh, it's a discount. I'm going to buy a, a hunt. Like while you're at the show, like definitely research these people. If like, it's something you want to do so that you're going to kind of more so like seal the deal. If you do decide to go the guided route and, and want to book a hunt. Um, but I think that's a, a great opportunity to, to meet and talk to the people. Um, if you're able to go to that show, I love it, man. That's awesome. What, uh, and then, uh also, ahead. I mean, I mean, then one step down from the guided, I, I mean, we're all, we're mutual friends with Aaron Hepler, but he did like, kind of like that drop yeah. camp set up for the Western hunt. And like, I think they, it was like a one or two point unit and he went with some buddies and he had success the first day. So that's another option for the Western thing. If you don't necessarily want to do the DIY s- stuff yourself, you can do these kind of like semi-guided, like drop camp kind of setups and stuff, where uh, kind of you have all the the your sleeping accommodations and area picked out, and you just got to kind of show up.
1: I love listening to Aaron tell the story when he did that follow-up shot, and he whacked the the antler because he was like flying like partially
2: blind at one point yeah
1: (laughs) yeah partially blind when he took that shot just crazy (laughs) what what's one hunt of your point system that that you're itching to do like that you cannot wait
2: for uh that i cannot wait for so i think i'm at about five points now for elk in colorado like I, i just really want an elk in like the worst way so that's I, I don't know if I'm going to burn the points on elk this year. I except I'm going to try to do, um, a, uh, over the counter unit possibly with, uh, like my contact that's out there. And he actually, he goes for the last two weeks of the season and he, they set up a drop camp as well. Kind of set up and, uh, um, did do that. And he shot a, a great bull this year, probably like 300 inch or so. Like it was a, a beautiful bull. So. Awesome. He actually hunts from tree stands too, so it's not even like I got to even be in shape so I could just show up and <laughs> hunt from tree stands. Dude,
1: what's funny is like when we were out west doing the total archery challenge with Tethered and we're talking to these guys, it was so funny because it was like 40, 60, 40 of them already were either like, out of the 40, I would say about 10% were already saddle hunting or like maybe 5%, mm. but the others were still using Tree stands, right? And then the other people were like, I never did it. I never will do it. Blah, 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 blah. Like they were, you know, mine yeah. was already made up. But the ones that like were already saddle hunting, they're like, I remember one guy was like, I'm pissed you guys are here. And we're like, <laughs> why? What? And he's like, I've i been saddle hunting and I don't want anybody else to know what how much better it makes it for getting on a water hole, for getting into certain <laughs> spots and get, putting you almost in a better position. And I'm like, well, listen, buddy, everybody's not giving us the time of day. So just, you're all right. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> you're, you're good. Yeah, man. You got another
2: there five years. Yep.
1: Right. Yep. Exactly. What about, uh, I'll tell you which one I'm pumped about is I'm pumped for Iowa one day.
2: Oh yeah. I think I'm at two points yeah. for Iowa right now.
1: I'm at this year. I think will be four. I think.
2: No, you're, you're getting there. I'm getting you're there. there. I'm getting there. I want to yeah, take
1: I, that that sweet. one. I'm definitely taking like a full eight day. Like I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to take eight personal days for that. And obviously you can hunt the weekend. So I'm, I'm going to, when I go for that hunt, I'm going for that hunt.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think another thing is to, they always say that, that whole don't pass up what you shoot on the, the first day and the last day or, or what, what not. But like that, that holds so true, especially when you're going to these out of state hunts, like okay. if you see a respectable animal, whatever species you're after, like don't pass it up. Just if, if that's what you came there for, and that's what you want and it's going to make you happy, then just, just do it. Obviously if you're like, Oh, like I, I it, it's not, doesn't get you excited. Then that's a different story. But cause you don't want to kind of walk away from that experience and be like, Oh, I wish I, I would have shot that one the first day, but right. I don't know. I'm just, I'm there to to kill and get it done if I do out of state hunts. So that's kind of my. Dimitri did that all year
1: and he did it out of state.
2: (laughs) He's a killer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So drop time, Tom. So those of you that are, again, that maybe don't know, Tom killed a drop time buck in PA two years ago. And what, and keep what, why else do we call you drop time, Tom? Cause what, how many other drop times do you either Um, have on camera?
2: I got got one on camera last year and now I just spilled the beans how I, my first out of state hunt uh I saw one too as well
1: yep yeah drop time Tom there it is boom and what's funny is I've I remember going to a an away baseball game last season and I'm listening to true from the stand podcast with Clint it's Tom it's our buddy Aaron the three of them are in I think in his little uh little mobile his travel trailer his thing, mobile yeah. travel trailer and he's like what 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 did Clint say he's like I gotta come up with a nickname for you he's like, do you, do you have one? And I'm literally, like, nope. he's like, I'm literally, as soon as he asked him that I'm, I'm literally like heads on the window and I'm like, yeah, drop time, Tom, drop time, Tom. And he didn't say it. He didn't say anything. He's like, no, I don't have one. I'm like, no, I don't
2: have one.
1: Yeah. I was like, I immediately texted you. I was like, you full of shit. I'm like, it's drop time, Tom. You know, that was yeah, good. I was
2: just like, oh yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, that's good, man. <laughs>
1: Demetri, do you have anything else regarding anything? Reg- what what Tom said? I don't think so. Yeah, man, that was awesome. I I covered great things. What I really like about that too, Tom, was it's it's if you're a beginner of looking into getting out of state information, like that was really good. Like you have your budget, you have your time. Like use those resources. Like go hunt top. What is it called? Top rut. I think is Uh, is another one.
2: Yeah. That's another one. Top right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So like, you know, I think if you're a elite member with Onyx, you get that free. So utilize that type of stuff, you know, the spreadsheet information's huge. Um,
2: Keep track of your stuff.
1: Keep track of your stuff, man. Like that's all really, really good stuff. So man, I appreciate you taking that time to break that down, break your PA information down. Like I said, that this will just be the beginning. I can't wait to have you on to talk more about what, when you get boots on the ground, you're going out scouting. We could all kind of reconvene. Uh, we'll have to come up with a, a game plan here soon about if Total Archery Challenge is going to be a, a, a yay or a nay this year. For, for all of us, figure out what we're going to do for that, too.
2: Okay. Yeah. So. Sounds good.
1: All right, boys. Well, I like it, Tom. Where can people find you, follow along, all that jazz?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm on pretty much on Instagram, uh, uh, T run scav or Trun scav, uh, not drop time, Tom, um, but yeah, <laughs> we got to change find me there. <laughs>
1: I, I like it, man. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate it. Well, uh, next week we're going to have, uh, Ian on with myself and Dimitri. We're going to talk about those two guys from their Ohio trip and a little bit more of out of state information, because I know we had Ian on, uh, about over a year ago and he talked about when he goes out to Wyoming, right? Wyoming. Yep. So we'll, we'll dive into kind of all that because what we'll build upon what Tom just said of how, when you are out of state, you know, you're, you're hopefully your main goal is to go out there, have a great hunt, have cool experiences, and obviously is to fill a tag. So if that means it's the first legal buck or doe or whatever you're after is that you see, man, let it rip, right? So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that more next week. So I appreciate you, Tom. Thank you, dude.
2: Yeah, like always. All right, man.
1: All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Antler up.